Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. Today we're going to share the uh, three short experiences, and uh, depending on how much we end up talking about them, this may be a short episode, or if we talk a lot, it may end up being longer. <laughs> but the first one is Kathy from Enderf.org, and I'm, I'm going to skip down partway because uh, there's a lot of medical buildup and so forth, and uh, and uh, she, yeah, So, but we'll go ahead and dive into it. She says, Feeling ill at my stomach while at the neighbor's, I decided to make a mad dash for my apartment. She's about 20 to 21 at the time. About four steps from the door, I landed on the concrete sidewalk and began to convulse. It's during the seizure. I felt no pain. I usually never do during a seizure, nor do I realize I'm having one until it's over uh, when it's a grand mal. This time seemed a bit different. It was familiar and felt somewhat like I was dreaming of dying and talking to someone in the dream. I saw complete darkness with a hint of light at the center, as though it were shining through a pinhole. I focused on the light to see what it was when I started to hear music. Describing the light is simple. It was bright, an eye-burning white light, brighter than I'd ever seen, and yet still so small, a hint of it. The music I cannot describe and never have been able to. It was calming, nothing like I've heard anywhere before or since, but yet it felt familiar to me, like I should know the tune, no voices to the music. It had no real rhythm either, it just existed. From there, I hear my own voice say, so this is what it's like to die. It's not so bad. And then next thing she wakes up. So that is the first experience that was Kathy Caroline shares her experience she says I was playing at the home of a friend when I was about 10 years old we were on her back porch we had an or which had an iron railing around it hanging out of the nearby kitchen window was a now old-fashioned window air conditioning unit it had just recently rained and everything was wet And I sat up on the railing and put my hand on a metal brace hanging from the unit. I started getting electrically shocked and started shaking all over. You see this in cartoons. Anyway, my friends started calling my name, and when I couldn't move, she touched me. This broke the current, apparently, and she got shocked. I was probably only shaking for a few seconds. During this time, I had a life review I wish I could remember more details about it. I'd like to be hypnotized to see if I can get back there. It was like a dream, but someone took me to a place and reviewed every moment, every second of my life up to that point. I remember later being amazed that in just a few seconds, I could see 10 years, but I could. I could see everything good, or every good thing and every bad thing, and every experience I had ever had. I think there was a wheel of some sort, but I may have read this somewhere and imagined it. 
At the time, I don't remember telling anyone about what happened to me because I wasn't exactly sure. I do remember feeling like time was completely different in the place where I was. Years later, when I heard of near-death experiences and began reading about them, someone wrote of life reviews, and I was like, wow, that is exactly what happened to me. Okay, and the third experience, this is Patricia. She says, it was almost as if I was coasting, and in the near distance I saw an extremely wide, really bright light, almost as if I were... I was entering a well-lit, foggy area. But at the same time, I could see the field. The love and just so much inner peace was so overpowering that I, it could not be expressed in words. I felt presence there. I don't mean that I think someone was there. It was the actual feeling of presence of several. My grandfather spoke to me. I did not see him or hear his voice. I felt him say, I'm not going to take you away from your father like I was. I remember the, them exactly, words like, they, like it was yesterday. At that time, my grandfather had been deceased for nine years. The whole experience was enlightening to me, as my life has changed forever for the positive. My experience was to actual was the actual feeling of the love not only in my body but in my inner self it's very hard for me to describe i guess you have to feel it for yourself okay let's go back and talk about these and um first off kathy's experience this is interesting because um she talks about being in complete darkness sounds like the void and a hint of light in the center. Now, some of the descriptions that people are giving here, um, and particularly Kathy's, reminds me of some of what I experience while I'm dreaming. You know, being in a type of blackness or just, you know, void of consciousness, if you will, and yet still partially conscious. And, and though I haven't seen a light in that, it does make me wonder a little bit if the void may be something that that may be like an in-between place, a, a place that is accessible from both the spirit side and the physical side. But when somebody dies or nearly dies, they sometimes are able to use it to get to all the way to the other side. I don't know. That's just a thought. But, uh, you know, because people have talked about, some people who have had near-death experiences, and since uh, taken up meditation, and some also who have been meditating for a time and have near-death experiences, say that uh, for them, the void was exactly like the place that they feel like they are while meditating. And, you know, that may be different for different people, I don't know, but I know for me, when I meditate, when I get deep enough in meditation and am still very conscious, um, but am deep in medi meditation, it gets to the point where I'm no longer noticing just the uh, swirls of whatever it is, neurological light, whatever, that uh, tends to swirl in front of your eyes when you close your eyes. Uh, and uh, that, 
drifts it kind of drifts away or not it doesn't go away because it's still there but you stop noticing it after a while it's kind of like when you're watching a movie that is a little bit um out of focus like a youtube low quality youtube video there may be points in the show because of the low quality-ness that you know you may be like ah, i wish we had better quality so we could see that better like if if it has you read a note or something in there that you know otherwise you start watching it at first it's a little distracting about five minutes in you just stop noticing it and you don't pay attention to that anymore and uh, that I think is kind of what seems to happen in meditation the swirls and the different things you just stop noticing them not because they're not there but because you're just not paying attention to them anymore and at that point I feel like I'm in a sort of space and it's not that I don't feel like I'm still sitting there or laying there or whatever but it does feel like if I ignore much like the swirlies, ignore my sitting position and ignore my laying position. It feels like I'm just there in this sort of void. And I'm left to wonder just a little bit if that might be the first place a lot of people go when they first die. And yet when they do, I'm sure it's a little, tends to be a little bit more, um, more complete, if you will. You know, here there's always something of a dreamlike element to it, something of a of a uh, vagueness about it when there it may be much more clear, crystal clear, um, which would be why people would describe this velvety darkness because it would lack those swirly, um, you know, low resolutionness <laughs> things, if you will. It's like, you know, in life we're watching it, the uh, cheap YouTube video version, whereas there we're watching and you know hyper hd blu-ray something or other high definition uh view of it perhaps you know that's just a thought but anyway um and then she describes in this void uh, or in this complete darkness she sees this light in the center like it was shining through a pinhole but that it was very bright brighter than anything that uh, she'd ever seen before but she also starts to hear music and she she says though i can describe the light it just being like a pinpoint of super duper duper bright light i can't even begin to describe the music and yet she tries which we're grateful for she says it was calming nothing like anything i'd heard anywhere else before or since and yet it felt familiar to me like i should know the tune no voices to the music had no rhythm either it just existed which makes me think that it's probably some kind of ambient sound rather than you know what some people would call music with rhythm and beat and you know instruments and so forth this would be some ambient sound that has such a musical quality about it that you can't really call it anything but music but it's so different that it's just not She's just not able to describe it. Very interesting, though. Very interesting. Okay, Caroline's experience. She talks about how when she goes to this um, other side, um, she has a hard time remembering it, which is interesting to me and kind of unique because many times when people have a near-death experience, it's possible they don't remember it right away, but once they do 
what they do remember, the, the images and so forth, are so vivid that they can never forget it again. And in fact, it's as if they just barely experienced it. It's like they can close their eyes and see it again. It's that vivid. And, uh, and yet, Caroline seems to, ha her experience seems to have dr a dreamlike quality to it. And yet that may be because of just, you know, the veil, this, this forgetfulness. It's, it's like maybe at the time it was super crystal clear, but it's vague now in her memory because instead of covering the memory as a whole, like it usually happens in, in full chunks, it's just remembering, you know, perhaps she's forgetting the clarity, but there's no way we can know. No way we can know. Maybe it really was vague at the time, but uh, I'm under the impression that most of it she just can't remember, and which is why she says I'd like to... Uh, be hypnotized to see if I can go back there. But then she goes on to describe uh, life review and how she saw every bad thing and every good thing and every experience that she ever had. I also find it interesting, she says, I think there was a wheel of some sort, but I could have read this somewhere and imagined it. That's part of what makes me think of it, as having kind of a dreamlike quality. I remember telling my sister about a a dream about a giant spider in our backyard and that I had as a little kid, little, little kid. And she says, I remember that dream. I thought I had that dream. And then I had to question myself. Did I have that dream or did she have that dream? And which one of us had the dream and probably told it to the other? And it was vivid enough that, uh, that the other remembers it as if they had it. So, I mean, sounds like... She's a little worried that, or not worried, but she's not sure if that's what, where the wheel came from, or if, uh, if she really did have the, uh, a wheel in the experience. And then Patricia's experience. Her experience has a unique element to it, in that it, she talks about she could feel a presence there, which is common, and sometimes people will say there's a, there was a big presence, or, or a presence of somebody really important, or or something to that effect, but the way she describes it is unique. She says, I could, let's see, um, I felt presence there. I didn't, I do not mean that I think someone was there. It was the actual feeling of a presence of several. So she can feel people near. This sounds to me like one of the uh, senses you know, like we've got the five senses that are most common senses in mortality. In the spirit, we seem to have many, many more. And one of them being sensing the presence of people so completely that sometimes we don't even, you know, people don't even seem to notice the fact that they don't see them or, or that it's an after uh, thought that, and I, I never actually saw them. I just knew they were there and talked with them and so forth. Which is interesting. I'm not sure what to make of that exactly, but people can sense and experience each other without actually seeing each other. I, I, I find that interesting. and You know, not the same as a phone call uh, by any means, but it sounds like that sense of, of someone being there is even more potent than the visual experience of seeing people. She says that her grandfather spoke to her, saying, um, I'm not going to take you away. 
from your father like I was. Which sounds like an odd thing to say, and yet it's, you know, we usually hear something like, it's not your time, or I'm not going to take you now, or it's not time for you to come, something like that. But he says, I'm not going to take you away from your father like I was. Which makes me think that perhaps there had been a conversation about this, either in the experience that she for, that she forgot about, or perhaps before her coming to earth or something, you know, there was a plan or a, an intention for the grandpa to take her away from earth where her father was. But he says, I'm not going to take you away from your father like I was. It almost sounds like she is, um, it, is her time, or at least that she's accomplished what she came to do, but perhaps there's more for her to, that she can do, or that she wants to do, or something like that, or that they need her to do. It's unclear, but it's interesting wording, and leaves a lot open to the imagination, I guess. And she, it's her grandfather who's telling her this, and she says, at that time, my grandfather had been deceased for nine years, the whole experience was enlightening to me, as if my life has changed forever for the positive. And I don't know how old she is at this time, um, but the the event occurred in 1990. She doesn't say how old she was in 1990, but uh, I imagine that she's either young and living with her father, like as a child, or perhaps her father still needs her on this earth. I'm not sure. Um, but very interesting, and, and how she says that this has changed my life forever for the positive. She says, my experience was the actual feeling of the love, not only in, the, in my body, but in my inner self. It's very hard for me to describe. That's one thing that's common among just about every near-death experience, certainly the last, or these three that we've read, is it's very difficult to describe. I guess you have to feel it for yourself, she says, <laughs> which, you know, we'd love to, but <laughs> not yet, not till it's our proper time to go. <laughs> anyway, if you would like to support the podcast, you can do that by either purchasing my book, Life in the Spirit World, or by going to patreon.com slash ndecast and becoming an ongoing monthly contributor. You can also contact the podcast, either to share a comment, ask a question, or to share your own near-death experience by emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST. That will give you three minutes of time to leave a message. If that's not enough, call right back and, uh, and keep calling back till you get your whole message or comment set. So, once again, thank you all of you so much again for listening.